This episode of the Green Leads podcast is brought to you by California Prunes. I have to tell you that California prunes have become my go-to ingredient for adding natural sweetness to foods. They go so well in oatmeal, smoothies, and even savory dishes. They add a really nice, complex flavor to the sauce. I have a chocolate smoothie recipe on my website where the prunes really bring out the flavor of the chocolate. Prunes are good for gut health and bone health. They have vitamins and minerals like vitamin K, magnesium, and potassium that support overall health. So go ahead and add some California prunes to your grocery list and you will not be disappointed. Hello and welcome to the Green Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo, and I'm really excited to have an awesome guest here today. I have Andrea John Coley, who is the nutrition advisor for the California Prune Board. And today we're going to chat about bone health and all things prunes and why athletes should probably be adding more prunes to their diet. So Andrea, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. I'm can you tell me just a little bit more about what you do with the California Prune Board? Sure. Yeah. Uh, as you said, I'm the nutrition advisor for the California Prune Board. I'm a registered dietitian. So I help them with their, with their clinical coordinating, their clinical research, uh, their nutrition research that they do, as well as their communications plan. So doing, um, writing their press releases and making sure all the nutrition content they put out is accurate and correct and reaching out to people like you and doing things like this. Awesome. It sounds like a really fun job. There's so many different jobs for RDs out there that people don't think about. Right, right. So my, so you, I guess you could wrap it up in either communications and, and research coordination for the California Prune Board. And yeah, it's, awesome. a, it's a different kind of RD job. But when I tell people I'm a dietitian, they're like, oh, you know, what should I eat? I'm like, I'm not that, I'm not that dietitian. I'm, I'm an educator more. And we are going to be educated today because I want to talk about bone health. So it's something that goes hand in hand with prunes. And before we kind of get into why that is, can you tell me a little bit about bones? How do they grow? How do they develop? We talked about this earlier, but I think people think about bone health when they're kids and then maybe into their teenage years and then maybe when they're reaching menopause for women. But it's not something that we think about our entire life. So what should people know about the health of their bones? How do bones grow and develop? Well, it's, it's, thank you for asking that question. It's very important that we are doing things in our, we have a lifestyle that promotes bone health because we, during, because when we're building bone, which is when we're younger from about, you know, when we're kids up until about age 30, we're laying down bone. We're building up our peak bone mass during that time. And it can, that when you, when you build up your bones in the rapid growing years of childhood, adolescence, and early adulthood, you're basically setting yourself up for the rest of your life to have the bone mass that you will then, then deal, you know, have after age 30. And then around 35, 40, we start to lose bone mineral density which is not a good thing, but it, go, it happens slowly at first, but there are things that we can do to help combat that lifestyle factors with diet and exercise and things of that nature. And then for women, after we go through menopause, then there's, then there's a more rapid decline of bone loss. So it's very important that we do things with our diet, we, we choose the right foods, that we exercise and not over-exercise, that we don't smoke cigarettes, 
that we don't drink alcohol excessively and that we maintain a, a, a healthy weight because all of those things can affect your bones. Um, and, and we need to be thinking about bones throughout our entire life. I know that mostly kids are very, you know, we, we have the, the message to kids like building stronger bones, building stronger bones with vitamin D and calcium, got to drink your milk, but it's very important in our later years and in, and in midlife too, because the rate of bone formation starts to be lower than the, than the rate of, of bone loss. So it's really important that we're always thinking about eating right for our bones. I think there's some surprising points there. And one of which is that your bones are developing until the age of 30. I think people think of it, like we said, when they're kids, maybe they're 10 and I'm growing and I want to have strong, healthy bones, but someone who's 25 is still developing bones, which is amazing to think about. You really should be thinking about this throughout your entire life. And, and we're really, we're um, many of us don't really think about our bone health until it's too late you know, until we either have osteopenia, which is, which is some bone loss or which is a precursor to osteoporosis. So if you find out you have osteopenia, then you, know, you, you need to take some action. Uh, but if you have osteoporosis or osteopenia, you know, we shouldn't have to wait that long to learn that our bone, that we're losing bone at a rate faster than we're forming them. That's why it's so important to do what we can with lifestyle factors to protect our bones. I mean, most, the way our bones grow and the structure of our bones and you know, how tall we are, et cetera, that's, that's played by genetics. So that's all, that's all in genetics, but we can do things with our lifestyle to either promote bone formation or preserve bone or actually damage bone. So let's talk a little bit about those lifestyle factors, because one of which is diet, right? Like we're told from a young age, calcium, vitamin D, like you Mm -hmm. said, but there's other nutrients that contribute to bone. So can you talk about nutrients and foods that help with bone health? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yes, like you said, calcium and vitamin D and something I want to want to say about calcium and vitamin D uh, there, I know that that's a concern for uh, people who are on a plant-based diet, but, but actually there are a lot of ways that you can get calcium uh, in, in a plant-based way that uh, are similar to getting, getting dairy or you know, cow's milk or, or yogurt and things like that. So I, I personally don't do, I don't, I don't eat dairy. It doesn't agree with me, but I drink a lot of plant milk that has calcium, that's calcium fortified. I consume like some of those, you know, those plant-based cheeses that are calcium fortified. So it's really important that if you're a vegetarian or if you're not, if you're not doing dairy, that when you are choosing dairy substitutes like soy milk or almond milk or what, whatever it is, or a cheese, uh, et cetera, that you choose ones that are fortified with calcium. And most of the plant milks are. So that's, that's really, that shouldn't be a concern in a vegetarian diet because there are plenty of, of substitutes that you can, that you can choose. As far as vitamin D, most of the plant-based milks are fortified with vitamin D as well, but we're getting it mainly from sunshine, as you, as you know. So it's important to get out because there's not a lot of food sources of vitamin D. Uh, so it's important to get in the sun a little bit and have some, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, depending on your, the color of your skin, uh, to spend outside in the sun. And the, the rule of thumb is spend enough time out in the sun before you change color. And that should be enough time for you to get some vitamin D. 
uh, but we all, we have foods like milk that is fortified and we, and like I said, plant milks are fortified as well, but those are not the only two nutrients that are important for bone. All, several vitamins, several minerals like vitamin K is extremely important for bone health, copper, manganese, magnesium, even vitamin C and some of the B vitamins even potassium. So there's a, there's a whole host. Zinc is important as well. So there are many, many vitamins and minerals that are important for bone health. Also boron, which is not an essential nutrient is important for the bone, but we don't quite know why, if it, if it's going to be essential or not, but something, but it is something that is involved in bone health. So it's something to pay attention to. So not calcium and vitamin D don't do everything. They're really important but there are all these other vitamins and minerals that are important as well. And we need to be choosing a wide and varied diet to get these kinds of foods in our diet. So something like prunes, they're high in vitamin K, they're a good source of copper. They also have manganese. They have a little magnesium. They have some potassium and all those nutrients are good for our bones. And we know that prunes, we've done a lot of research on prunes and bone health. And we found that prunes seem to preserve bone health but we don't, we're not exactly sure why we know there's boron in prunes. We know there's copper. We know there's manganese. We know there's a a lot of vitamin K, but it's not quite clear what exactly is happening in prunes that are promoting bone health. It could be the polyphenols, which are antioxidants. Uh, It could be what's changes in the gut from the, from the fiber that we're getting from prunes. So we're learning about this right now uh, while we're doing our, our nutrition research What exactly is it in prunes that are promoting bone health? If you want to get the latest cutting edge information in the field of sports medicine, check out my new show, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Mike Reinald. Each week I feature a new interview with some of the leading and emerging experts in our field so they can share their recent research, clinical experience, and best career advice. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And the reason that I thought this was such an interesting topic and that I wanted to talk about it with my listeners is because we're plant-based. Most of people who are listening are athletes. And within that community, I've talked to a bunch of athletes who are vegan who end up with stress fractures. And a lot of times it is because they don't necessarily have a bone healthy diet. So maybe they are lacking in calcium, which is it's also in soy food. So it's not necessarily hard to get, like you're saying, right. Uh, There's plenty of options that are, that are not, that are not animal based. But I think for people who are plant-based, it never hurts to add in more bone building foods, especially if you don't do dairy. So I know there was one really interesting study that you told me about that saw eating prunes may protect you from a fracture risk. And and I think you said it was in postmenopausal women. Can you tell me a little bit about that study? Yes, there, it was just completed um, at the end of last year and it was, uh, uh, presented at a scientific meeting in March where a, uh, a researcher and that was investigating the bone health effects of prunes had menopausal women. And it was a large study. It was about 200 men- postmenopausal women who either consumed no prunes every day or 50 grams of prunes, which is about five to six prunes or a hundred grams of prune, which is about 10 to 12 prunes every day for a year. 
And a lot of a lot is coming out of this out of this study, but the but the primary findings are is that the the prune the, the prune eaters, especially and particularly the 50 gram prune eaters, they experienced uh, preservation of their of their bone mineral density at the hip. And that's a critical area because that's where most in, in the elderly, like that's where most fractures happen that are, are that can be develop, debilitating and, and increase your risk uh, for many kinds of complications, including, you know, including dying. Some people die soon after a, a hip fracture. And what so what it found is that it preserved their bone mineral density at the hip, while as the control group who ate no prunes, their bone mineral density went down. And the, the group who, who did not eat any prunes also increased their risk of fracture significantly, whereas the prune group did not. So they were protected from that increased fracture risk and their bone density at the hip was preserved. So the only difference within these two groups was that one was eating prunes and one was not. That's right. They both, all three groups were the, the zero grams of prunes, the 50 grams of prunes and the 100 grams of prunes women, they were all some that supplemented with calcium and vitamin D. So this wasn't a, you know, prunes against calcium and vitamin D. It was, you know, that the standard of care is calcium and vitamin D. So we're not talking about substituting prunes for dairy or anything like that. We're talking about having it in conjunction so that they can work synergistically. I mean, it seems pretty easy to me eating five, yeah. six prunes a day. So really is not a hard thing to do. Not a hard thing to do. Not a hard thing to do. There's another yeah. study that I found interesting for athletes with, which showed um, prunes have been linked to lower inflammation, decreased mm -hmm. oxidation, and increased antioxidant activity, which I assume has to do with uh, the polyphenols that you were talking about. Well, so that's that's the theory. That's the current theory, but we're not quite sure what's what exactly is happening. Um, what it, what it is in prunes could be the polyphenols, could be the array of vitamins and, and minerals uh, that is seeming to lower inflammation in the body. But the, there was a study that was, that was completed last year that was published last year, also in postmenopausal women. And it found that prunes lowered their, their levels of inflammation, increased their antioxidant capacity and reduced you know, oxidative, oxidative activity. Also, another very interesting part of this study was it increased our good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, which is very hard to increase through food. So that was quite an interesting finding. But as far as the, the antioxidant activity and the lower inflammation, we are seeing that consistently coming up in our studies that have been done on prunes. So we're feeling pretty confident that prunes are anti-inflammatory and have antioxidant activity, uh, but we're still learning more and we're not exactly sure what is it in the prunes that is doing that. So that's why we're really all about, if you're going to consume prunes, consume them as a whole fruit or put, you know, put them in a smoothie or whatever you're going to do. But we don't, we want, we don't want to start pulling things out, you know, of food or of the prunes and then making a supplement out of it. We want to be really talking about eating whole foods because we, those nutrients and those polyphenols and the fiber, et cetera, they work together in the whole food matrix. So that's why it's important to choose whole foods versus taking supplements because you may not get the same effect from supplements. Well, it's funny that you bring up supplements because I was thinking when you were talking about all of this, there's really no harm in eating prunes, right? Like you're, it's not like a supplement where, okay, maybe there's some benefit there, but we're also not really sure what the downside is here. Right. doesn't seem like there's any downside. There, no, there really is no downside. I mean, I know that people are concerned about GI distress, gastrointestinal distress, and, and, you know, prunes are, 
are something that we are very familiar with as treating treating for constipation or using them for for um, constipation or for um, you know easier bowel movements, if you will. Uh, but it doesn't you five, like five grand. There's a sorbitol and prune, so that's one of the so that's one of the concerns for because sorbitol is a sugar alcohol that is slow absorbing and it draws water into the gut and and that will can cause um, you to have looser stools, but a five to six, five to six prunes only has about five grams of sorbitol in it. And, and to have an, a negative effect, like a diarrhea effect, you would need to eat 20 to 30 to 40 grams of sorbitol. So with five to six grams of prunes, excuse me, with five to six prunes a day, you're not really going to be getting enough sorbitol to cause distress. With that said, however, if you're not used to, if prunes aren't part of your diet, you may want to introduce them slowly just, just to be safe. But a serving, like a serve 50 grams of prunes or a serving of prunes is about five to six prunes. And that um, really isn't enough sorbitol to, to give you an effect unless you're extremely sensitive to it. That was going to be my next question. So say we have some athletes listening and they are like, okay, this is, I'm all in. I want to try some prunes, but I mean, we talk about bowel movements a lot with athletes. It's something that can be a good thing and not a good thing. You want to make sure you have your regular and you have a bowel movement before you go out and exercise so that it doesn't happen to you while you're racing or in competition. And maybe prunes could help with that, but is there a point where they're going to hurt? How do you think that athletes should incorporate these into their fueling diet? It's a, it's a great question because prunes are, are low on the glycemic index because of their fiber, because of their sorbitol and, and, you know, and the make just the, the pure matrix of the food. Um, so they're slow absorbing, which is good for athletes who are going to be on a long, like an endurance event because you're, it's slowly re, releasing the sugar into your bloodstream to, to replenish your glucose, which you need for long endurance events. Um, so they're great for that. But I, I would say for athletes, if you want to have prunes as a pre-workout snack, I would give it at least two hours before, cause you want low glycemic carbohydrates, foods, a couple hours before the race, but I would definitely, everyone's an individual. And I know people, you know, you don't, athletes don't want to be in a marathon having to go to the bathroom, right? I would, I would incorporate them into your diet and try them first without, you know, not related, not in conjunction with your training and see how they, how they affect your body and then incorporate them into your pre-training and your post-workout regimen. And they do have some sugar in them, which when I say sugar, yes. people say think may think it's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing, especially for athletes. So, how well, do this need that exactly? You know, if, you're, if you are if you're engaging in in endurance activities, you know endurance exercise, you have to have carbohydrate. I mean, it. I mean, glucose is what fuels the activity, and you and you have to have that glucose sugar in order to fuel that activity. Otherwise, you know, you you hit the wall. So. People are very concerned about the sugar content of prunes, but they don't really need to be because that's that sugar A is slowly absorbed and B, you need that to feel your workout and you need that to recover from a long, you know, intense workout as well. You know, you need, you need some, you need some sugar, some carbohydrate before your work, before you have a long workout, 
to help fuel you through that. And then you need to be having some after to help replenish what you lost. And so there's no, there, if you're, if you're an athlete, if you're training, you, you can't avoid carbohydrates. You've got to have them. And I think I probably your audience already knows that because they've been listening to your podcast. So prunes can be part of that, of that regimen. Absolutely. And although they are dried or they're, there's, it's no added sugar. It's natural sugar. It Correct. comes from the fruit. Yes. Right. So there's no added that sugar. There's no added, yeah. It's all naturally there. So we can feel good I about mean, that. Yeah, no. And I think what you said, you, if you're worried about the fiber or you're worried about the sorbitol and eating them before, you can have them afterwards as well, because after right. exercise, because you do need to replace those glycogen stores. And that's something that can help. That's right. And I know a lot of my athletes are looking to get away from sports supplements that are sugary uh, things that they don't necessarily want to consume. And this is a natural food you can have that has, that, that has many benefits and a lot, and, and they are nutrient dense. And you always want to, as much as we can, we want to be choosing whole foods over supplements or, or, uh, you know, other, other, um, kinds of, uh, you know, gels or things like that. I mean, I, I understand for runners that are, that are doing a marathon, you know, you're, you're running and all you only have time to, you know, take a quick gel or whatever it is. And that, and that works. But if you're a whole, if you're, if you're someone who is trying to do it the whole food way, yeah, that's, you're going to get more nutrition out of it and more benefits out of it. If you're choosing whole foods and every, you know, every athlete is a little different, you know, they, what works for one may not work for another. So it's something to try and see how it incorporates into your, your routine and your, and your training. Yeah. That's a really good point. You want to try it ahead of time before a race or before a competition and see how it works for you. Cause like you said, everyone is different. Yeah. And for athletes, I mean, the reason, the reason really we're really talking about this today is because of the bone, you know, productive properties of prunes. And this is so important for athletes who are, if they're overtraining, they may get stress fractures uh, and, you know, there, there, there could be some damage to the bones and prunes are something that will help preserve those, those bones, according to the research that we've done so far. Yeah. It's definitely something that athletes should think more about. They should think mm -hmm. about their bones and then also foods that help with that, which is why we're having this conversation. So I think, is there anything else that we should know about prunes and the research or anything, any last final thoughts about all of this? Yeah. Prunes are now they're delicious. They taste good. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your favorite way to eat them? You're probably going to say every way, but what I, I really, I, my favorite way to eat them is right out of the bag. I mean, I, 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 I try to eat prunes every day. Um, ever since I started working for the California prune board and learned about bone health, how they are helping bone health. I thought I need to get this into my diet. So I eat prunes about every day, just out of the, out of the bag. I eat like five or six a day. I try to get to that 50 grams, but I also really like them on a piece of toast with peanut butter. And I'll put like diced prunes on top. And that's a, oh my gosh, that is a great snack. So I'm getting a little protein. I'm getting a little healthy fat and then I'm getting the, the carbohydrate and the bone, you know, protective properties from the prunes and the whole grains, you know, the fiber. So that's, a, that's a wonderful way that I like to enjoy them, but they're also great you can put them in smoothies. You can put them in a fruit, uh, yogurt parfait. You can cook with them because they have a, they have a, a unique sweetness and they also have a savory kind of umami quality to them. So they're great in savory and salty dishes. So don't just think about them for dessert. Think about them with, 
as part of your rice pilaf or your quinoa or your salad. Uh, even there's, you can even make a sauce with them. You know, we have a, have like a chicken with a, with a savory sauce made with prunes. And this may not be for the athletes, but they are awesome for baking because they can replace added sugar and fat. And if you're vegan, you can use them to replace eggs in, in baked goods. I actually, well, was- I, I personally bake with them. I've all, way before I ever worked with California prune board, I was baking with prunes because I was trying to decrease the fat and, and the added sugar in my recipes. And they, um, they, the prunes bring out flavors as particularly chocolate prunes enhance a chocolate failure. So if you are a baker, start using prunes as a, it's a very versatile ingredient. You can cut down on fat, you can cut down on sugar. And if you're vegan, you can substitute them for eggs, which, but eggs in a, in a baked goods, about one to three eggs is about what prunes can substitute for. And most baked goods recipes call for like one or two eggs. So it's, it's a versatile ingredient. It's a delicious food on its own. And there's many ways we can enjoy them. I was actually just on the California prune boards website the other day, reading about how you could substitute in baking, because I'm not, I'm, I'm a great cook. I'm not a great baker always. And I do everything vegan. My husband's actually a vegan. Um, and it's always hard to find an egg replacement. I've done chia egg, I've done flax egg, and I was looking for something new. And I saw that you can make this pune puree and put it in baked yeah. goods. And I was just, my mind was kind of blown. So I've been experimenting with it and it really does work. You're right. It's mostly like a chocolate enhancer, yes. which I kind, I kind of yes. love chocolate anyway. So um, <laughs> I, I actually, I'll put the link for that in the description of this podcast so people can read about that and oh, see how, they, how to do it because it's so easy and why not you give it a try, especially if you're plant-based. And it's going to make, it's going to make it healthier. It's going to make it more nutritious. Yeah. Yeah. It makes baking easier and then you can cut down on fat, sugar, eggs, everything. So yeah. Yeah. And adding a little extra fiber too. Yeah. And I, I did forget to mention that you need to puree the prunes if you're going to bake with them uh, because they, they serve as like, they need to be in kind of liquid form. So you add some water or you add some prunes, put them in a the food processor. You've got prune puree and you can use that prune puree for baked goods, for sauces, uh, for dips. Even we have a, we have a, we have a plumus recipe on our website for prune hummus. So it's, it's prune puree and prunes are quite versatile. You'd be surprised. You need to rethink the prune. <laughs> I like that. I think we should, I think we should leave it there. That's exactly okay. what we should do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining and chatting about bone health and everything prunes. And um, yeah, we'll leave all these links in the description and great. And if you're, if you're, if your viewers have questions, feel free to pass them on to me and I'm happy to answer them. And I, I appreciate you inviting me to be on your podcast today. And thank you very much. It was great to chat with you. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And if you want to learn more from me, follow me on social media at Greenleats or visit my website at greenleats.com.